This episode of The Serial Holic contains descriptions of disturbing graphic content which may be offensive to some people. Listener discretion is advised. On the behalf of the Turner family, I want to say that this day is long overdue. We have spent every day waiting the day this might be brought to justice for the pain that has caused us all. John Turner, my brother, even passed away, waiting for this court to punish the animal who murdered his only daughter. I would just like to say no matter what type of lifestyle these women led, Anthony Sowell had no right to play God by taking their lives. Now he must face judgment in this court and in front of the Almighty God for his actions. It is our hope that he meet his maker sooner rather than later. No way does he deserve to be cared for and housed by the taxpayers of society for the rest of his life in prison. He deserves to pay the ultimate cost for his crime, to be murdered and lay helpless and lifeless like our loved ones did in that disgusting house. Thank you, and may your pacemaker stop in your data night. If I couldn't keep them there with me whole, I felt that I could keep their skeletons. I'm not a big serial killer, by the way. Eight, eight people, that's nothing. Assassin. Sounds so exotic. <laughs> I was just a murderer. As I'm sitting there with a severed head in my hand, talking to it, I say, wow, this is insane. Serial killers, murder, mystery. I'm Dave Jari, and I am the Serial Holic. On a corner of Imperial Avenue and East 123rd Street in the Mount Pleasant neighborhood of Cleveland, Ohio, you will find Ray Sausage Company, a butcher shop specializing in pork beef sausage, head cheese, and souse. Established in 1952 by the late Raymond Cash Sr., Ray's Sausage serves the greater Cleveland area as well as several supermarkets throughout Northeast Ohio. From 2007 to 2009, Ray's Sausage became well known to the residents in their neighborhood for another reason. The smell. There was a permeating, putrid smell enveloping the area around Ray's that caused many residents to contact the health department. There were claims that the smell was reminiscent of rotting flesh and it got so bad at times, people wouldn't leave their homes. During those years, even some employees at Ray's couldn't bear going into work. After receiving several citations from the city, the current owners, Ray's children, Renee and Ray Jr., spent tens of thousands of dollars replacing plumbing fixtures sewer lines, and grease traps. After all of the money spent for these upgrades, the smell was still persistent, and Renee and Ray Jr. were left scratching their heads. Then, in October of 2009, the source of the smell was discovered. It wasn't coming from Ray's Sausage, it was coming from next door, a home located at 12205 Imperial Avenue. And the source wasn't a broken sewer line. It was the decomposing remains of 11 women.
into an impoverished family in East Cleveland, Ohio on August 19, 1959. Anthony Sowell was one of seven children. His mother, Claudia Gertrude Garrison, was a single mother who raised her children with severe punishment. After the death of his sister, her seven children also moved into the house. According to Sowell's niece, Garrison would strip her naked and whip her with an electric cord until she bled, while all of the other children in the house watched. There were whispers that many of the children were victims of sexual abuse, which may explain why at the age of 11, Sowell would go on to rape this niece for a period of two years. Because of his shy demeanor, Sowell would be ridiculed by his classmates because he didn't have a girlfriend and was mocked for his alleged lack of sexual experience. Unbeknownst to them, Sowell moved on from raping his niece to raping several of his own cousins. Although these rapes were reported to police, Sowell was never questioned or charged. By 1978, 18-year-old Anthony Sowell was determined to enter the army, but instead enlisted with the Marines because he thought they would make a man out of him, and he needed an escape from his abusive and sexually confusing environment, although some would say he left because he had gotten a girl pregnant. Sowell would go on to train as an electrician and received a good conduct medal along with a service star. He would get married while in the service, but the marriage would be short-lived, as Sowell began drinking excessively and arguments would become more frequent. As his drinking began to spiral out of control, Sowell left the Marines and returned to the home where much of his early torment had taken place. When Sol returned to Cleveland in 1985, his neighborhood had transformed from working class to low income. Shops he used to frequent were now closed and houses were boarded up. Crack cocaine was rampant in the streets as well as prostitution. The economic and criminal aspects during that time didn't help Sol from falling deeper into his drinking. During the late 1980s, he had his share of run-ins with the law as he was arrested for public intoxication and domestic violence. In 1989, Sowell lured Melvette Sockwell, who was three months pregnant at the time, into his apartment under the ruse that her boyfriend was inside waiting for her. While inside, he bound, choked, beat, and raped the woman several times. He would later be charged with kidnapping and rape, but failed to show up for his court hearing as he went on the lam for seven months. After committing another rape, police were finally able to bring him to justice, and he was sentenced to 5 to 15 years for the crimes. While in prison, he was a model inmate and took part in a 12-step program. When he was released in 2005, Sowell moved into his stepmother's house at 12205 Imperial Avenue, where he registered as a sex offender and completed his probationary requirements. In 2007, Sowell lost his job at the rubber manufacturing plant and he turned to collecting scrap metal to make ends meet. Sowell met another woman, Lori Frazier, the niece of Cleveland Mayor Frank Jackson, and she moved in for a short time. She recalled smelling a foul odor while living there, but as with the other people in the neighborhood, she attributed the smell to Ray Sauce's company.
Crystal Dozier, a 35-year-old mother of seven when she was last seen in May of 2007, was living just a few miles away from Seoul in East Cleveland, but she was no stranger to this area. She lived on Imperial Avenue just three years earlier and was familiar with Seoul. On the night of her disappearance, Sowell would lure her into his home with a ruse he would use several more times. He invited Crystal in for a beer. Once inside, something would trigger Sowell into a sexual and murderous rage. He beat, bound, raped, and strangled her to death. A little over two years later, Crystal was found buried in a shallow grave in Sowell's backyard. Next was 31-year-old Tashana Culver, who in June of 2008 vanished. The mother of four was last seen by her family, but was never reported missing. Tashana, like many of the others in the area, had a problem with drugs. Her family would lose contact with her for weeks at a time, and they thought that this time was no different. She was found deceased in a third-floor crawlspace in Seoul's home. Even though LaShonda Long struggled with her addiction and life on the streets, she would still read her young daughter bedtime stories and tuck her into bed, and suddenly, that nightly ritual would be no more. In August of 2008, LaShonda would accept an invite into Soul's house and never be heard from again. LaShonda's head was found in a black plastic bag inside a red bucket in the basement. Her body was never recovered. October brought the disappearance of 45-year-old Michelle Mason. Michelle would never go more than a couple of days without having some sort of contact with her family. On October 12, 2008, Michelle's family would report her missing. According to records, police completed a full investigation into her disappearance, but her family felt that she was thrown to the wayside because of her addiction and criminal history. It was determined that Michelle had simply ran away, even though her social security checks would go uncashed. Michelle would be found buried in Seoul's backyard. On November 10, 2008, 53-year-old Tanya Carmichael had asked her mother, Barbara, to borrow $20 so she can fix the door on her truck. Barbara understood that giving her daughter the $20 would most likely lead to Tanya buying drugs, but she couldn't refuse her daughter. Tanya would go missing that night, and a panicked search ensued. On the third day of the search, Barbara located Tanya's truck, just four blocks away from 12205 Imperial Avenue, with the door fixed. Tanya's remains were found buried next to Soul's back porch. A month later, in December of 2008, 40-year-old Gladys Wade was approached by Soul, asking if she wanted to go have a beer. When she refused, Sol began to repeatedly punch Wade in the face, head, and body. She fought him off ferociously, gouging at his eyes and face. She broke free and ran until she came across a patrol car. Frantic and bleeding, she told police her attacker, a man only known as Tone, was attempting to drag her back to a house located near the corner of East 123rd and Imperial. When police went to investigate, Sowell told them that the woman was a drug addict and she attempted to rob him, so he defended himself. Police did not notice anything unusual with the scene and they did not enter the house. The incident was dismissed once Wade refused to press charges. 
and this would prove to be a tragic mistake. Police were already aware that Sol was a tier 3 sex offender, and he would have been immediately arrested. Instead, Sol was free to murder. In 2009, the disappearance of women in the Mount Pleasant neighborhood would escalate. In April, two women would go missing, 43-year-old Nancy Cobbs and 47-year-old Amelda Hunter. Nancy, a mother of four who lived with her daughter just a few blocks away from Seoul, would vanish shortly after her birthday. She was known to disappear from time to time, so it doesn't come as a shock that her family wouldn't report her missing until June of that year. Nancy's body was found wrapped in trash bags in Seoul's basement. Amelda, the mother of two sons and a daughter, was a woman of many hobbies, including reading and crossword puzzles. Unfortunately, her time was also filled with drugs. Amelda was familiar with the area and was known to drink beer with Seoul on occasion. As with the others, she was in and out of her family's lives for extended periods of time, so when she went missing, it came as no surprise. Amelda was found buried in Seoul's backyard. It remained quiet for some time when another two women vanished in plain sight in June of 2009. Talasha Fortson, 31, and Janice Webb, 49 both of whom were not reported missing until after the bodies were discovered on Imperial Avenue. Talisha had three children, but lost custody due to her drug use. This didn't mean that she was out of their lives. Quite the contrary, Talisha was still involved with their upbringing. She would often attend church in the hopes of turning her life around. In fact, she attended church for six Sundays in a row, just a block from Saul's house. When she didn't show up to braid her daughter's hair, her family grew concerned. Unfortunately, because of her addiction, this was at times a common practice. Talisha's remains were discovered in a third floor crawl space. For Janice Webb, being a mother and a grandmother made her beam with pride, but it was a struggle to keep her away from her demons. She was reported missing in August, and police searched relentlessly for her checking friends and relatives, hospitals, and local shelters. It didn't take long for her trail to grow cold. Janice was located under the basement staircase. Forty-four-year-old Kim Smith and her father made a pact. They would take care of each other. Her father, limited to a wheelchair due to a spinal injury, would help Kim try to stay clean, and Kim would help handle all of his daily tasks cook, clean, and bring him to his doctor's appointments. He would recall that she would sing to him, and she was quite good, having sang in local musical acts. Her downfall was crack cocaine, and she knew the right place to get her fix, 12205 Imperial Avenue. She would not live to hold up her end of the pact. In July of 2009, she was gone. Kim was discovered buried in a shallow grave in Seoul's backyard. 
For the 21 months prior to 38-year-old Diane Turner's disappearance in September of 2009, she was clean and sober. Having battled addiction for several years, one by one she had her five children pulled from her home. Vowing to be a better mother, she sought help and was poised for a comeback. She met her new boyfriend and was pregnant with their child, but this feel-good story would come crashing down. Four days after the birth of her child, family services came and removed the baby from her custody. All of the hard work that she put into turning her life around, she now felt that none of it mattered and fell back into drugs and alcohol. Diane's remains were found in a third floor bedroom. She was the last of Soul's murder victims because finally, Cleveland police followed through with a new complaint. October 28, 2009, police received a complaint from Latundra Billups saying that she was sexually assaulted by Anthony Soule. In her statement, she says she was invited in by Soule to have a beer. Once inside, Soule began punching the woman in the face and head, then ripped her clothes off, performed oral sex on her, and raped her. She was able to escape because she promised Soule that she would return the next day for more sex. Police put two and two together, and this woman's claim was similar to Gladys Wade's statement and the rape victim from 1989. Police obtained an arrest warrant for Anthony Soule. On October 29th, an officer for the Cleveland Police went to the home to serve the warrant. Soule wasn't home, but the officer entered 12205 Imperial Avenue for the first time and discovered absolute horror. After a brief search of the house, the bodies of Diane Turner and Talisha Fortson were discovered on the third floor. Soul was now wanted for murder. The police then obtained a search warrant for the entire property and returned the following day, this time along with the county coroner's office and a cadaver dog. They then found Janice Webb, Nancy Cobb, and Tashana Culver in the basement. The cadaver dog also alerted them to a body in the backyard, which was later confirmed as Tanya Carmichael. On October 31st, Soul was seen walking in the area and was picked up by police. On November 3rd, another search warrant was issued. This time, a backhoe would be brought to the property. Police then discovered the remains of Michelle Mason, Kim Smith, Imelda Hunter, and Crystal Dozier in the backyard. The head of LaShonda Long was found shortly after in the basement. Autopsy results showed that Tashana Culver had suffered a fractured hyoid bone in her neck, suggesting manual strangulation. Seven of the victims, Tanya Carmichael, Nancy Cobbs, Crystal Dozier, Talisha Fortson, Imelda Hunter, Michelle Mason, and Janice Webb, had ligatures around their necks, and the coroner concluded that their deaths had been caused by ligature strangulation. The coroner further concluded that LaShonda Long, Kim Smith, and Diane Turner were killed by homicidal violence of undetermined type, meaning that the cause of death was unknown. Other evidence showed that six bodies, Tanya Carmichael, Nancy Cobbs, Tashana Culver, Crystal Dozier, Kim Smith, and Janice Webb 
had bindings, or the remains of bindings, around their wrists and ankles. Anthony Sowell was subsequently charged with all 11 murders and counts for kidnapping and rape for Gladys Wade and Latundra Billups. He now resides on death row. There is one ray of light that shines down on the story of this Mount Pleasant neighborhood. In December of 2011, 12205 Imperial Avenue was demolished. A house of horrors no more. This episode of The Serial Holic was written and produced by me, Dave Jari. All music for this episode is licensed through Epidemic Sound. As always, stay tuned for more episodes, and thank you for being a serial holic.